Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hello out there, lovely listeners, and welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. I'm one of your hosts, Jekinovia. And I'm Elena. And we are thrilled to welcome our guest of honor, Jasmine. You Hello. may know her. Oh, yeah, there she is. (laughs) You may know her from her role as host of not one, but two podcasts, Tarot Coven Cast and Damn Fine TV. Or perhaps you're familiar with her work as a tarot reader and a budding astrologer. But we are blessed to know her as the one and only Jasmine. She's an editing wizard, pop culture enthusiast, magician, and fellow Coven member. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Awesome to have you here. Long time no chat. I'm sure, sure. our listeners have missed you. <laughs> uh, of course, as usual, we have our <laughs> questions. So we've tw- we switched them up a little bit, just like you did with me when you interviewed me. Uh, so the first question I have for you is, how does it feel to be the interviewee on your own podcast? It's very strange. Uh, I definitely have some imposter syndrome happening. Uh, I had it as soon as I started writing my notes for the episode, but it is, I'm so used to being the host of both of my podcasts and being the one that leads the conversation. So I'm excited to step into another role for the night. I'm not going to lie. It's a little weird being the interviewer. Ooh. (laughs) I was going to mention that too, because, you know, we're like all best buds so it just feels yeah. a little different yeah but in a well good way. I mean we could just say it's like a I just want to make you. it proud yeah oh you will yes for the next icebreaker question madame magician um we would like to know your not so favorite tarot card okay so it's got to be the chariot I, no matter, no matter the version, no matter how somebody tries to modernize it or reframe it, I just never, I never connect with this card. It never feels resonant when it pops up for me. Uh, I think it's really boring. I hate the fact that it's connected to the cancer sign. That makes me really uh, angry because like that's my moon. So it's like kind of always involved in like my major arcana cards, but, uh, I am hoping that Bobby's deck, the Outsider Tarot, will help me sort of shake my loathing of the chariot because he has renamed that card the Ghost Car. So I'm very excited to learn more about uh, his take on the card and maybe it'll help me refresh my lens on it a little bit. I completely forgot that he changed that up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you got to report back though. Yes, we'll do. I'm sure we will talk about that deck once it starts shipping for sure. All right. How did you meet the tarot? Can you share a little bit about your relationship with it over the years? Like how it's changed, how it stayed the same? I technically first met the tarot when I was a kid. Uh, My mom used to read tarot and I remember finding her deck. Uh, I I remember that she used to keep it in this like purple velvet bag. I thought it was so magical, really. Um, But she was very much, I don't know if she's still this way. Mom, if you're listening, let me know. Uh, But she was very much of the 
of the mindset that like the, the my energy is in the deck. I don't really want other people touching the deck. So she kindly swayed me away from playing with her cards. And I mean, I just was a kid. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll go and do something else. And so I kind of, I didn't really think about tarot again until the summer of 2017 when I found Twin Peaks and I had started listening to a podcast about Twin Peaks and they were talking about how some of the archetypes in the tarot uh, really match up with some of the characters or some of the storylines in that show. And then one of the hosts started talking about this tarot deck that was being made, like a Twin Peaks tarot deck. And I looked it up and it was already out of print and, or I guess it was already sold out and they weren't going to do a second printing. So I just, I bookmarked the page and I would just stare at the images like every day, a couple of times a day. Uh, and then eventually I was like, all right, I guess I like this enough. I'll just look into other decks and see what I like. And then I ordered uh, the Wild Unknown, Mystic Mondays, and the Smithwaite Centennial kind of all at once. And yeah. You were such a good child. I think that by <laughs> was not. my mom, my mom <laughs> if, my, if I ever saw something magical like that, my mom was like, no, don't touch. I would have like snuck back just to see it because it would have been like I needed to see it and play with it because you know, I'm sure I was not as, like, easygoing about it. I'm an only child, so I very much felt entitled to everything. So I'm sure my <laughs> memory and my retelling of it isn't as, you know, easygoing as it probably was. But Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and I just wanted to review this question. I know um, you've answered this before. Um, so curious to see if anything has added to this. But what does magic mean to you? So I sat with this one for a long time this time around. Um, I sort of like I wanted to make it different, but I also wasn't sure what my answer even was. Because um, I feel like at this moment in my life, what magic is sort of feels a little undescribable to me. Undescribable? Indescribable? Whatever. It just feels like a vibe. It's like, I don't know. But But when I really got down to it and put some words behind it, I think it's reflection. So let me elaborate a little bit. Like those moments that you get, whether it's every day or every so often, whatever, when you can sit back and think about all of the things that led to a particular moment in your life or uh, a culmination in a certain journey. And you can see how like, you know, every decision that you made led to something else or like where the universe sort of met you halfway, all of the synchronicities that came into play, just like everything that kind of had to be working together in a certain way at the right time to get you to where you are that feels magical to me it, yeah it, it is that is yeah. just pure magic the stars yeah. literally aligned to get yes. to where you were and yeah. you know you're recognizing it yeah surprise, surprise yeah and so I think there's like some gratitude that belongs in there too like I think magic is also gratitude because when you can look back and see all of those things and understand it and kind of take it in, you can give thanks, I guess, for all of that, which, yeah, that feels also like magic. All right. So I worded this one just for you, my Scorpio friend. Mm. What TV show or movie has captured your soul and will forever haunt you and why? Well, let me let me surprise everyone when I say it's Twin Peaks. <laughs> <gasps> no, I was wrong. I mean, I will I will narrow it down and I'll say like specifically the most recent season, which came out like 25 years after the original stuff. It really honestly changed my life. You know, as I just explained, like it led me to tarot, which led me to so many other things. And I've met so many incredible people because of the show. I mean, 
whether it's through the podcast that I have, like the other podcasts that I have, or just making connections online. It's like, it's really hard to explain kind of why the show is so important because it's really, it's kind of what magic is. Like, it's a vibe, it's a feeling, it's a mood. Twin Peaks creates an atmosphere that you almost just have to experience. You can't really explain it to people, but I love that Twin Peaks is, it just does its own thing. It's never trying to be what anybody wants out of television. Like, it's not the kind of show that will wrap up all of its storylines or give you answers to pretty much anything. And people don't really like that about TV. Like, they want, you know, concrete answers. They want closure. And with such an open-ended nature of this story, it makes you feel like a participant in the show. And it makes you feel like your imagination can run wild. You can interpret things for years and years, and it just makes you feel like you're part of it, I guess. And yeah, just the open-ended nature of everything, it just feels really authentic, I guess. And I mean, there's a reason that people still talk about that show that came out in 1989 or 1990. So, you know. <laughs> it, it had an impression. Yeah. That's super. Yeah. It sound, okay. So even just the way you describe that sounds similar to the way I've heard you describe the Carol. You know, it's so open and yeah. it's just, it is, you make it and. Yep. Yeah, very true. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what song is at the top of your playlist right now besides TV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the Twin Peaks soundtrack. But no, um, <laughs> it is a song called Voodoo by this like French pop band, which I'm going to say their name. I believe it's L'Empératrice. But it translates to the Empress. So I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they're a really yeah. fun group. Um, I think they were described like they have some 80s influences, some 90s influences, and then they're kind of doing their own stuff, poppy stuff from today too. So they are very cool. I you recommended them before and I checked them out. And I think I actually said this. Like it feels like you want to sit on a really comfy sofa in this like loungy area yes. and sip a martini yeah. and just chill the fuck out. Like total vibe. Put a fun dress on or a fun outfit on. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. I'll send you a link to them. They're so oh. much fun. Thank you. Well, that's it for our icebreaker questions. So, they, you know, it was fun. nice getting to know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to dive into astrology now. So what led you to it in the first place? Because we, we know that, uh, you know, Twin Peaks led you to tarot. So what brought you to astrology? Yeah, it's like sort of the same domino effect, like Twin Peaks to tarot and then tarot to astrology. And really, I mean, once I got into tarot, I think a whole world opened up in terms of, you know, like witchcraft and crystals and numerology, astrology. There was a whole, there were so many things that were coming at me so fast once I got into tarot. And then astrology is really just the thing that stuck. Did it just happen like with astrology? Did it just happen like out of nowhere or did you have like an aha moment or did you just know it was for you? I think it was a series of aha moments kind of like I do remember when I I found out that there was more than just a sun sign. And so I, you know, I looked at my chart and I remember finding out that I was a Scorpio rising as well as a Scorpio sun. And I just laughed and was like, Of course. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. So that was, you know, one of the initial moments where I was like, cool. But I think like sort of along the way, um, I've said this on the show before, I believe, but like switching over to looking at charts in the whole sign house system, 
I I still remember the day that I looked at my chart with the whole sign houses and started thinking about the different placements there. And it's just like the whole thing came to life for me in a way that it hadn't before. Like, I mean, I was still really enjoying astrology before and the concepts and just the idea of it. But then that day when I looked at my chart, it was like, boom, like everything was just there. And yeah, it was like living. It was breathing. It was like, that's me. It was really cool. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's like, I think it's still being validated to me every day that it's that this is like the right path because the more I see it, the more I learn and then the more I see it being played out in the collective and and see evidence of it actually working is just multiple aha moments all the time. Yeah. I have kind of a follow up to that then. So, I know I've told you this before. It seems like you just understand astrology. Did, have you ever like when you were first starting out were you struggling to understand things? It just seems like now it's just like so it's just like it's what it's your own language like it's just like you understand it like that meanwhile someone like me I really struggle with it so has it always been that way I mean I kind of think so and I feel like shit saying that but it it Uh -uh. does it does feel like something that I I just got like and that's not to say that I understand every concept and it's just like boom I get it like I do practice Hmm. a lot I look at a lot of charts I read a lot I listen to podcasts but I also kind of feel like I um I got lucky in the fact that I found what's called the Astrology Podcast. Highly recommend to people. And they talk about a lot of pretty advanced concepts. And I just started listening. And so it was kind of like an immersion in a way, I think, you know, when you just kind of okay. throw yourself into learning a language and you don't you you just you don't do classes or anything, you don't do the theory, you just get in there. Yeah. Um and so I, I think that maybe helped, but yeah, it is something that I feel like has just sort of made sense to me on a yeah. on an intuitive level, on a rational level, maybe differently at different times. But yeah, yeah, I def- definitely feel lucky in that way. Super. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of touched on this already, but I'm going to get you to go into more detail. So what specific type of astrology do you practice? And can you tell us a little bit about that specific modality? Yeah. So, I mean... I'll, I guess I'll just explain the core, like the kind of astrology that I'm learning in school, which is called mm-hmm. Hellenistic astrology. And basically, it's just the type of astrology that came around in the Hellenistic period, which is old as fuck, I guess. Like, I don't understand years. When you get to year zero and then you go before that, it messes with my brain. Same. But it's like 323 BC or something crazy. Like, it's, it's old. Um, it is old. Yep. I think so, had to Google it. Okay, so 323 BC. I think. I mean, if you just look up the Hellenistic period, but it's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking up. I looked it up here. So, like a couple thousand years old. Okay. There okay. So it's the kind of astrology that was, you know, becoming popular and sort of being created slash found, whatever, uh, during that period. And it uses whole sign houses. There's a lot of really incredible timing techniques that come from that period. And of course, it's not a system that uses Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto because they weren't discovered at that point. So they weren't really taken into account. But I will say that like when I'm coming out of school, I'll definitely be blending traditional and modern astrology because I still like to look at uh, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. I just don't use them as planetary rulers. But yeah, so basically it's just a really old system and it's the kind of, I guess it's modern astrology, I think really sees the chart as different aspects of the person themselves. 
uh, or different aspects of the psyche. And that is one way definitely to look at astrology and it's totally fine. But the way that the Hellenistic tradition looks at it is that the chart is the whole life. So the first house would definitely be representative of you, your your mind, your body, your spirit, that kind of thing. But the seventh house is definitely going to be your relationship. So it might be the lens that you view relationships through. But when we're talking about transits or planets that are there, it could absolutely only have to do with your partnerships. And that will still affect you, of course, because it's still happening in your life. But it could be more of an indirect um, effect, let's say. So. I think okay. that's some of the biggest differences is the is the planets, the the house system. Yeah, and like I said, there's some just really incredible timing techniques that come from that period that I think can really only be used based on the traditional concepts. So I find it super juicy. It sounds juicy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hardly understand it, but it sounds juicy. <laughs> it, right? Like it's- I get it. I don't think I could – I couldn't regurgitate that information. I, I got it. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that these planets weren't discovered at that time and that they use this system. And it's like, I'm just curious, I would be just curious to know, like, without those planets, how, like, I don't know, just something that sounds interesting to me to know how yeah. did they, like, yeah, I can't explain what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, I mean, astrology yeah. is definitely something that's evolving over time. And I think it's, I think it would be silly to not use the newly discovered planets because they're obviously making an impact. But I think the difference kind of is that we've had thousands of years to take a look at how the seven traditional planets can affect us and, and you know, what patterns they seem to have. Whereas these more distant planets, especially because of the slowness at which they move, it's much more difficult to know how they will impact us. And we're still learning. And I think that's so cool. And I definitely think that astrology should evolve. And I think it's the kind of practice that it has to take on some of the culture that it's being used in because otherwise it's not applicable. Well, yeah, it's all relative. And I mean, when you're talking about evolving, it just being a history nerd, it makes sense to me because back in that time period, perhaps humanity just wasn't evolved at a point where even those planets would even have an effect. Sure. Because we weren't there yet. And now that we're aware of them. Right. You know, they, the, what, what's that saying? The teacher appears when the students are ready or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like that kind of same, makes sense. Interesting. Sure. Total yeah, I really like that. Cool. So how do you personally use astrology in your day-to-day life? I think lately I'll like, I mean, especially with the most recent eclipse. I mean, that was kind of obvious because I think we all knew that that was happening, at least people that are in the community. But let's say like, I don't know, I might be going through the day and um, something really irritates me. And I'm like, but why is that irritating me so much? Like, I don't think that would have irritated me in this way last week or even yesterday. So like, what's going on? So then I look to where the moon is and I see like what sign it's in, what house it's in for me, or I'll look at the collective transits. I'll look at my personal transits. And so it's really me. I, I use it to help un, help myself understand why I'm feeling a certain way and why I might be, maybe I'm overreacting or maybe I'm like, maybe it's validation of like, no, that seems pretty on the level. Like you could move forward with that. I think in a lot of ways that people might turn to tarot and pull a card and look for just another answer, another source, something like it's kind of the same way. But yeah. And then I guess it's also to help me to understand like, 
why is everybody acting like this? Or why did that person react in that way? Especially if I know their birth chart. And of course, it's with permission that I know people's birth charts. But it's like, maybe I can understand what somebody is going through uh, or why they're feeling a certain way. And I can back off or I can approach or, you know, I can approach in a different way than I might. So, you know, with all those like interpersonal things, it's very, very helpful. I also like to take advantage of certain transits. So like, let's say Mercury is going to be in a really good position. It's, you know, let's say it's at home in Gemini. It's a great time to do a bunch of writing or research. So I'll try to schedule those kinds of activities during certain transits. And then the opposite of that, like Mercury square Neptune, when information is going to be a little bit cloudy and you're not going to have all the facts, like I'm not going to be reaching out to people to try and schedule things. You know, I'm going to wait for the more favorable favorable transit next week, stuff like that. So, I mean, really, it kind of touches all areas of my life. And it can get a little like, I don't know, Tyler had to drive somewhere yesterday during the eclipse. And I was like, I don't want you to, though. <laughs> and I was like freaking out. And he did have like, he had a little bit of a scattered day. Like he kept forgetting stuff. He didn't get to the place on time. Like it was a whole thing. And I was like, all right, well, that's not such a bad outcome. But I was just like, I feel like this is not a great day for travel. But, you know, you kind of have to, you kind of still have to live your life regardless right, yeah. of what the astrology says. But you can use it to your advantage for sure. But I mean, it just makes sense. So like we're taking that same example, then Tyler would know, like, you know, if, if you know this ahead of time, Tyler could know, okay, I need to give myself a buffer. I need to leave 15 minutes early. Or, right. Yeah. You know, whatever. Makes perfect sense. It's so practical. I love that. Yes. That's what I really like about astrology too, particularly the kind that I am learning is how practical and hands-on it can be and how much you can use it to your advantage. That's, no, we're talking about juicy. That's juicy. So what are some ways that we can use astrology in like rituals and ceremonies and in our spiritual practice? Yeah. So I think the most basic way, I guess, or like the easiest sort of route into using astrology in this way would be uh, for new and full moon rituals. So just, I mean, even the most basic thing I think could be getting your chart and figuring out where the next new moon is going to take place, like what house it's in, and then doing something specific to those topics or those areas of life, setting intentions around that kind of thing. And then the same for the coming full moon, you know, see what house it's in. And maybe there's something that you, um, you know, you're working towards in that area of life or something that you're ready to let go of in that area of life, whatever it may be. But I think just learning to follow the moon where it is in your own chart, I think can be really helpful. and you know, it's, it's a really forgiving practice because there's a new, there's a new moon and a full moon every month. So you get to redo, retry, reframe, refocus every single month. So yeah. And if you mess it up, well, I mean, not that you can mess it up, No, you know, if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, you've got to redo. Exactly. So now when you're saying work with the moon, see where it is in your chart, you're talking like, for instance, this last full moon was in Sagittarius, right? Yeah. So I would look and see where Sagittarius is in my chart and see, okay, so that's what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. So like we were talking about before we started recording, uh, I got rid of a whole bunch of very old receipts. Well, yeah. Sagittarius is my second house of money, assets, that kind of thing. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So it was time. It was time for those old ass receipts to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So there's the new and the full moons. I think just like you would create an altar for a tarot card or a deity that you're working with, create an altar for a planet that you're working with or 
um, for your ruling planet. So, and when I say ruling planet, I mean the planet that's ruling your ascendant. So, for example, Jackanovia, Gemini rising, Mercury would be the ruler of your ascendant. Elena, Capricorn rising, Saturn would be the ruler of your ascendant. Scorpio rising, Mars is the ruler. So, if you want to, I mean, I guess this is the next part. It's kind of leading into it, but there's this uh, concept of remediation and propitiation, which I think I touched on in a behind the scenes conversation at one yes. point. But this is basically corrective measures to mitigate or reduce negative and challenging manifestations. Yes, I definitely read a <laughs> definition because I wanted to make sure I got it right. <laughs> and you can do this with your own birth chart or with current transit. So, like, for example, um, you can make a talisman. If you want to work with Saturn energy, let's say, making a talisman while Saturn has been transiting both Capricorn and Aquarius would be a great time to sort of infuse something with great Saturn energy because Saturn is at home in those signs. And mm-hmm. then you would have that talisman while Saturn travels throughout the rest of the chart and into signs that it doesn't have such an easy time in, but you have that energy that you, you know, magicked into it basically during that really auspicious time. And you could do that with anything. Just like you make moon water, you could do that with a particular transit. Um, Candles, oils, uh, you could create certain mantras. I mean, shifting your routines, stuff like that. And then you can even, like I would say, if you're going to dive into this, definitely do some research on the planet that you want to make something for and understand sort of the different qualities of it because If you're trying to sort of mitigate a factor, you wouldn't want to get like a bunch of like really intense energy of that planet. You'd kind of want to wait until it's a little bit more equalized, I guess. So like Jupiter being in Pisces right now, it's at home and it's, it's full of joy and abundance and all of that kind of thing. But it might be a little indulgent depending on what you want to use that energy for. Um, Jupiter in Cancer, where it's exalted, but more even keeled would be a great time to make something like that. And what you can do is you can use a thing called electional astrology, which is basically casting a chart uh, for a specific time on a specific day. And it kind of like, depending on where everything is, it's it, it's exactly like a birth chart, but it's a, a time chart for starting a business, getting married, um, leaving for a vacation, so many different things. Uh, but you can okay. just pick an auspicious time. I did this for our Patreon launch. Remember, I was like trying to tell you different times that we should maybe do oh, this. And all making sense. Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so cool. So, yeah. So you could, if you're if you know what planet you want to work with, you know, or you know what kind of energy you want to infuse into, let's say, a talisman, you can do an electional chart. And then if you're, you know, if you're not at that advanced stage yet, you could also think about things like let's say you want to make something for Venus, do it on a Friday because that's Venus's day. So there are, mm-hmm. you know, different Uh, Every day has a planet that rules it. But then there's also a thing called planetary hours, which you can just Google and you'll find the information anywhere. But there's like different hours of the day that are ruled by the different planets. So you could do something on a Friday for Venus during Venus's hour and really capture that energy. Yeah. And this is like a very basic skimming the surface of remediation. Like I would highly recommend, if you want to just buy something, I would highly recommend this company called Sphere and Sundry. It's an amazing, like, witch and and crafty creator that is married to an astrologer. So they work together to make these, like, beautiful things. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So the, sorry, elective 
that what it was? Elective chart? Electional. So basically anything we do on Google to get our birth chart, we could just use that same thing to get. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just check. Oh, that's mind blowing. And then, you know, while we're on the topic of birth charts, you know, can you tell the listeners like about what is a birth chart and why is it an important thing? Yeah. So the birth chart, I guess it's maybe the best described as like a snapshot or a map of the sky when you were born. So it just has the layout of where everything was when you were born. So let's say you were born in this moment, wherever the planets are right now, that's what would be in your birth chart. That would be reflected in that chart. Um, I guess it's kind of like maybe, yeah, maybe like the blueprint to a house, let's say. So it's important because you need that to go off of, right? If you were designing a house, you probably would do it with some sort of design in mind, some sort of blueprint in mind. And so it's like a, it's an instructional map that you can follow. So to do astrology personally, you need that blueprint, you need that map to be able to follow. And I think birth time, I mean, I understand why there's obstacles, of course. And like, if you're not lucky enough to have your birth time, there are ways that you can figure it out. But that's like essential, essential, because That would be kind of like having a blueprint, but with no labeling, I guess. So like you might end up building the kitchen in the bathroom or something, I guess. Like, I don't know if that would actually happen, but you know, so if you don't have your birth time, you don't know what planets are in what houses. So you know that they're in certain signs, but not sure what area of life they're playing out in. Oh, and a little fun fact, this, your chart is actually what they called a horoscope back in the day. So like sun sign horoscopes sort of evolved from that, but your horoscope is your whole chart. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you're talking history now. You're talking my language. (laughs) That's super cool. I almost feel like it was hijacked for just the fluff that they do now. No offense to anybody who, you know, does the the daily horoscope. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. But I don't know. I just feel like it's so much more useful when you have the whole picture. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, you know, sun sign astrology is, I think, I think it makes it very accessible and widespread and mainstream yeah. and, you know, more people can get into it. But yeah, it's a lot better once you start digging into everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was what, two weeks ago when I found out that your rising sign is actually more <laughs> relevant to your person than your sun sign. Right. So yeah. I'm still yeah. learning. Okay. So I know you've covered this in an Instagram live before, but it's really super interesting to me. So I wanted to ask you one more time. What are day and night charts and how are they different? Okay, so what you are talking about is this concept of, or it's called sect, which basically Mm -hmm. divides the seven traditional planets into two teams or two sort of shifts. And one team is the diurnal team or the daytime team. And they are uh, more positive or like happier or stronger when they're in a day chart. And then there's the nocturnal team or the nighttime team or shift or whatever you want to call it that are stronger, happier, more positive in a nighttime chart. And so basically, I mean, it's just whether or not you're born during the day or born at night, right? So you can usually just look to see where the sun is in your chart. And it's if it's in the top half, it's a day chart. If it's in the bottom half, it's a night chart. It gets a little more confusing when you get close to the ascendant, descendant axis, but just DM me and I'll help you figure it out, basically. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I asked you this before, um, whether it was like from midnight to noon or not. And you said, no, it's like when the sun is literally out, yes. it's a day chart. And, you know, when it's in bed, it's a night chart. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to change depending on the season. 
like, for example, I know with, I mean, we have like an estimated birth time for Tyler, but he was born pretty late in the afternoon where if it was winter, I think it would be a night chart. But because it's, you know, August, the sun is very much still, it's close to its peak. So it was still out, right? So yeah, yeah so it's really going to depend on the season. And the so the, the diurnal planets are the sun, Jupiter, and Saturn. The nocturnal planets are the moon, Venus, and Mars. Mercury can kind of go either way. It really depends on its relationship with the sun in your chart. And basically, this concept just kind of helps determine the most positive planet in your chart and the most challenging planet in your chart. And it can kind of speak to where you've had the most benefits or the most ease or the most luck as well as the most challenging um, or or difficulties in your life, let's say. So it's it's basically just an added way of looking at a chart and another way of just sort of diving into somebody's chart and being like, okay, this is this, this is this. Like, it's just one of those mm-hmm. sort of practices, I guess. Yeah. And so what advice would you have for people who want to learn more about astro- astrology? Like, where would you suggest they start? Because I feel like it's like, I don't even sometimes know where to start when I want to like read more about it. So what would yeah. you it's overwhelming right because there's so much on the internet there's so many podcasts there's so many books um it's tough like if you don't have a birth chart that's definitely where you have to start if you're struggling to find your birth time call your mom if you can't talk to your mom call a family member um get in touch with the hospital you were born at maybe look for a long-form birth certificate but like the most important thing is to have your accurate birth chart because and then print it out or get it saved on your phone or whatever so that you can have it whenever you're doing any other supplemental reading or listening to podcasts like just always have it on hand because the best way to learn it is through your own chart really because you're going to see it come to life in that way you know the most about yourself right so but like I would just Honestly, I know it does feel overwhelming, but I guess because this is the way I did it, like just dive in just and then like expose yourself to a whole bunch of different podcasts, get a bunch of different apps, what resonates, take it and what doesn't leave it right like the same old advice you just got to kind of find what's working for you. Uh, But as I said, I highly recommend the astrology podcast. There's another one called The Astrology Show. I'll put everything in the show notes anyway. The Channy app is fantastic. It's a free app. Uh, There are some paid stuff with it that I would highly recommend as well. But I mean, like, this app is incredible. It has all of your placements, and it has the transits, and it'll tell you what's going on. I mean, it's a really, really good free app. Um, I have a ton more suggestions that I think I'll just put or I'll make like a resource page or something, but just of certain astrologers that I think do really good work that can help sort of streamline your learning, I think, and and make it a little less overwhelming for you. But also, like, how do you like to learn? Do you like to read? Do you like to listen to podcasts? Do you I mean, what's what's the best avenue for you? Then do a lot of that, I would say. That makes total sense. And like. If you have the money to get a reading. Oh, for like sure. Like a birth chart reading or like a- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or even like go to if you're not ready to like invest if you don't want to like go to school for astrology but maybe you have an interest in a specific facet of astrology, maybe there's a webinar out there or like a downloadable course that you can get that's just like a one-off thing, maybe do that. Okay. I think it kind of depends on how you like to learn. Right. This is true. Yeah. 
when you were mentioning, sorry, it's kind of a follow-up. Um, when you were mentioning about the birth charts, and I got to thinking, because you were saying some people don't have that information, in the case where, say, somebody was adopted, would using their date and time of adoption, would that be an alternative? I mean, Ooh. I guess it really wouldn't affect their, I, I don't know. That's, interesting. That's really it's interesting. I mean, that would definitely be symbolic of that moment in their life for sure. I yeah. don't know that it would be symbolic of their actual birth, but their birth in that sense, absolutely. Yeah. So that would be more of the whatever it was you told me, <laughs> the electric, like whatever chart. Well, yes and no. Like because it's still for a person, you would still, I think, call it a birth chart as opposed okay. to an electional chart, like an event chart. Oh, right. Yeah, I think it would still be a birth chart. I mean, in that scenario, if you're if you're really interested in getting to know what your exact birth time is, astrologers, there are astrologers who specialize in a thing called shoot, I can't think of it. Um it starts with R. It's like it's retroactive. <laughs> yeah, but it's like basically figuring out your birth time based on I mean, if you even have an idea of when your birth date would be, like if you have the day and they just have to narrow it down from the 24 hours, like based on certain events that have happened in your life, your characteristics, certain quality, like there are um, astrologers that specialize in doing that work and will try to figure out or try to give you a best guess of what your birth time would be. I can't believe I can't think of it. You know, um, one thing I have done, like if someone doesn't know what time they were born, um, and they want to know like what their quick moon sign is, I just tell them to like Google, go on Google and put what sign was the moon in on, and then your full date of birth. And it totally pops up. And then I think you can do that with like Venus and like, you know, Mercury and it'll pop up. Yes, of course. Like, I mean, the thing is you can definitely just look up that year and you'll see where all of the planets were. The bigger issue with that, especially with the moon and even with the sun on some days, as we know from your mom, Elena, like it happens that that year the sun had moved into Libra, right? And she's no longer a Virgo. <laughs> Am I right on that? It was Libra, not Virgo? Yes. So, so, and like, I mean, the moon is moving every two days, two to three days as well. So sometimes you might be right on that cusp, but it depends. So you can absolutely look that up. You'll still find some placements there. Like I said before, it's not as useful without the birth time because you don't get the full chart, but you can still learn so much about you know, if you know that your Venus is in Scorpio, let's say, like, you can learn a lot about just that placement. That's a great point. Yeah. It's so cool. Okay. And the thing that I was trying to remember the name of is called rectification. Um, I think I've heard you say that word. I was just going to say that sounds familiar now that you've said it. I think we might have talked about it before. Probably because everyone I know in real life doesn't have fucking birth times. So I've been trying to do this for everybody I know. Like, okay, so let's talk about your Saturn return. I know that it happens when you're 30. So what what area of life do you think you've been the most impact? Like, and just like trying to do all this like Sherlock Holmes work. But anyway, yeah. So rectification. There's lots of astrologers. Well, not lots, but there's plenty of, it's the same thing. There are astrologers that do it and that specialize in it. So it's out there. <laughs> I love how absolutely impatient you just got with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Oh, that was beautiful. You saw that real time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that in action. It was wonderful. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. It was good. So for the people who really can't click with astrology, hi. (laughs) One of the (laughs) simplest and kind of most useful things they can look at to understand themselves a little more. Speaking of the birth charts. 
I think the best thing to do, my first piece of advice would be to just really get to know your sun, moon, and rising, those placements, and then as well as the ruling planet of your rising sign. Because I think those, you know, three to four placements, maybe even less depending on what your placements are, those will be the most significant typically in any chart. So really getting to know them might help you sort of tap in, like maybe there's going to be something that clicks for you and then that's the avenue into something else. Yeah. And then I would say pay attention to the moon because uh, I think that that's the quickest thing that you can get accustomed to and the quickest way to sort of learn the language of at least the moon and at least the signs of the zodiac because the way that the moon mm-hmm. plays out within the zodiac and the houses, it's going to be really um, – You're just going to get to do it so many times because the moon moves so quickly. It's going to go through every single sign every month. So you'll get a chance. Like within six months, I think you would know, you would have a lot of experience thinking about where the moon is every day in your chart, you know, given that you've done it now six times. So you're going to have a bulk of experience just from that time learning about just the moon, right? Yeah. And that's going back to talking about like the moon in Sagittarius, so the moon in Libra. Right. Yes. Yeah. And okay, matching it up. Yeah. Okay, cool. So for you, Moon and Gemini, that's your first house. Then a couple of days later, it'll move into Cancer, your second house. And you can kind of right. just, you know, get a Moon calendar and follow it and see like when it changes signs. What does that do for you? How does that reflect? How is that playing out? And I mean, if you're the type to journal, journal about it, and then you'll ha- like do it for six months. Look back, see what you've learned, see what's kind of working for you, what's not, and then you can do that with the sun as well, but on a monthly basis. And then you can start doing yeah. that with other planets. But I think you got to pick these like smaller things to get into and really focus on that. Because like I said, maybe there'll be something in there that really just unlocks another door and then unlocks another door. And, right. you know, you just keep following that path. But I also really want to say like astrology just might not be for you and that's totally okay. You know, like I think yeah. that we get really caught up in this community sometimes of like, I have to know this, I have to know this, I have to know this to be a witch or to be a magical person or to, you know, have cred or whatever. And it's like, nope, just do what works for you and, like, don't stress about it. Like, if you're really not enjoying it, stop pushing yourself. Um, Because there's tons of people that, you know, like to do astrology and just go listen to their videos or go watch their videos or whatever. Or or buy a reading. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So what can we look forward to? to from our resident astrologer moving forward, like in six months or what do you have planned in a year? So right now my focus is just on finishing the course that I'm doing. It's been, I like got off to a really fast start with it and then, you know, life happened and other work happened. And so it's been a little bit slow. So I'm hoping to finish that kind of over the summer and then start doing some sort of chart reading or something. I I still kind of want to find a niche. I don't know. I mean, there's so many astrologers that just do chart readings. I don't know if that's what I want to do, but we'll see. I'm kind of into this whole like remediation thing. So using magic and astrology, that seems to be like a natural extension of what I'm already into. We'll see. And I would love to do more forecasting, but it just takes a lot of time that I just don't have right now. But for now and for like the foreseeable future, I'm putting a lot of energy into the Patreon stuff. So, you know, over there on our Magician and Queen's tiers, I'm doing monthly Q&A videos where patrons get to ask any questions they like. And uh, we just chat about astrology. And at the Queen's tier, you get a calendar 
uh, and a forecast as well. So, you know, if you want to follow the transits, you want to follow where the moon is and everything, that's definitely happening over there. So yeah, a little bit of a plug there, but that is really what I'm focusing on at this point in terms of astrology. And yeah, I mean, it's so useful. Like that's the thing. It's so useful. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. I'm glad that you're, you know, finding it helpful. Yeah. But yeah, really, I would say that the focus is just finishing that course and then who knows? Then the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we're going to move on to podcasting which um, I'm excited to hear more about. Um, how did you find your way into the podcasting world? Basically, once I, once I knew what a podcast was, once I started listening to podcasts, I basically just said to myself, I want to do this. And it's just always been a thing that I've wanted to do. I think I listened to my first podcast in 2012 or 2013 or something. And it was from there, it was just a matter of figuring out what I would actually make a podcast about because I just wasn't sure. I just heard people talking and having these conversations. And I was like, I want to do that. That sounds great. Like, why not? There, When Tyler and I used to live in Montreal, there were a few afternoons that we just like pulled out the mics and we just basically were shooting the shit about political issues and we recorded stuff, but we never released it. So that was kind of an idea at one point. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a political podcast, even though we knew nothing. Uh, but we were just like talking about, you know, stuff that mattered to us, basically. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of ranting and raving about <laughs> the Quebec government at that <laughs> point. But yeah, so I mean, it really just it, it was really just a, a desire right from the beginning. And then I started writing for um, this website called Project Fandom. I was writing TV reviews. And then about a year later, they invited me to be on one of their podcasts covering a TV show. And then, yeah, the rest is history, basically. Oh, cool. What uh, <sighs> TV show was that, if you don't mind sharing? No, it's it was The Leftovers. Oh, okay. HBO show. Yeah. That's one so of my faves. Okay. All right. So I'm excited to talk about Damn Fine TV because we all know I'm not really a TV person. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy when I do end up catching an episode because you and your co-host have such a really great dynamic and you both crack me up all the time, even though I don't know what you're talking about most of the time. Very rarely do I have <laughs> any clue what's going on, but it's just your energy together is just fun. Like, I just feel like I'm chilling out with friends and I love it. So oh, that's anyway, good. thank you. Thank you for letting me gush. But so just tell us a little bit about Damn Fine TV. Yeah, so Damn Fine TV was the thing that I just finally created after all of those years of wanting to do a podcast and then, you know, finally getting the outlet through Project Fandom. But then the opportunities kind of ran out at Project Fandom and I decided, okay, well, now I've had that experience. I want to do my own thing. And I kept I kept waiting for a co-host or uh, the right idea or the right time, whatever. Like, I just kept waiting for all of these things. And you know, I already had the equipment. I was lucky enough to have that because Tyler went to school for sound engineering. So he had a bunch of audio shit anyway. So that was always covered. But then one day, I, I really remember I just woke up one day and was like, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to do it now. I'm not waiting for anybody anymore. I'll have guests on the show. I'll talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about because it's my show. I didn't make a logo. I just like found a picture that was free online and was like, that's my logo. Let's do it. And I love that. 
damn fine TV was born. I mean, the the name Shocker was a reference or is a reference to Twin Peaks. And uh, so that was easy for me to come up with. And then, yeah, I just, I was like, let's just do this. I'll figure it out. We'll talk about various TV topics. And I just had friends on the show. Like I, it, this was a time when I still had people come to my house and record with me once a month to put out a show. Cool. Yeah, definitely a different era. <laughs> so we... Well, most of the listeners know Mel's and, you know, you know, that's your co-host. So how did you two meet? So we actually met through another podcast that was doing like they were covering a television show that we were both watching. So we were both watching the show called Castle Rock and then listening to a show called, I think, Castle Rock Historical Society. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what it was. Anyways, we were both chatting with the hosts of that show on Twitter We saw that each other was, like, responding to certain things. We followed each other. Then we started talking about the show sort of independently. And then we talked about collaborating for a long time before it actually happened. Like, I think we were friends, like, internet friends, very distant internet friends for, like, a year before she actually came on the show. But she was an early, early supporter of Damn Fine. Like, she left me one of my first reviews when I was still doing the show by myself. And I used to watch her do her American Horror Story live streams back in the day on YouTube. And so we were in contact for a while, just like chatting about TV, really. And and then finally, like late 2019, I was like, you're coming on the show. Let's do this. And then again, the rest is just history. And I didn't know that about Mouse, that she had something going on on YouTube of American Horror yeah. Story. Yeah. Yeah. I know so Mel's cool. Like I already know yeah, Mel's. Mel's cool. is very She's cool. hella cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She- I love mouse. I don't know TV and I love mouse. Okay. All right. Well, talking more, a little bit more about damn fine TV. Can you give us a little taste of what's coming up? Are you allowed to do that? Oh yeah. Um, So everybody grab their drink because I'm about to say the magic word. We are currently covering twin peaks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we, we covered season three of Twin Peaks last year when Mel's was first watching it. And then we had always planned to sort of revisit it, but we just weren't sure when. And then, you know, COVID happened and kind of like reduced the amount of TV that was being made. And we really weren't sure what was going to happen in 2021. So we thought it's a great time for a Twin Peaks rewatch, but that's basically where we're going to be through the end of the year and probably into the beginning of next year. Although we really do want to cover American Horror Story when it comes back. That's the first show that we ever covered together. So it feels like we definitely have to give some time to that show. It's like one of our favorites. Um, but yeah, and so we're doing Twin Peaks stuff. We're we're having guests on every now and then to talk about it and talk about their journey with the show. Um, and hopefully we're going to get in some more in, uh, Instagram lives. I was going to say internet lives, which that's what it is. But <laughs> I mean, it's still late. <laughs> but yeah, so because I know there are a couple of shows that we're both watching right now that we just haven't had time to chat about um, that we would really like to. So yeah. yeah. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. We have a good time. So for the Tarot Coven cast, the Tarot Coven podcast. Um, as many of our lovely listeners know, the TCC is your brainchild, um, which, you know, we are forever, forever, forever grateful for. Um, but what sparked the idea for the podcast? Well, as I sort of mentioned, podcasting just was like something that I always wanted to do. So basically, I started damn fine and then was like, what else can I do a podcast about? <laughs> Let me start all the podcasts. 
Anyway, so I've just always wanted to do another one. And then when tarot became such a central part of my life, I mean, that was kind of happening as I was making Damn Fine, but then it, you know, was slowly becoming more and more. And then I met you guys and I was like, well, that's co-hosts if they want to join in on this. And, And then it just, it was, it was really just those two factors, like tarot becoming so central, meeting a group of great women and kind of being like, let's see what happens from there and let's just go for it. It very much started out similar to Damn Fine where I was like, let's just do it. Like, let's start it in 2020. Who cares? That was before we knew what 2020 was going to be like. And yeah. Yeah. This shit show. Hey, I think this this probably carried us through a lot of 2020, just having something I think so too. I think so too. And I guess another aspect of it was that I, I kind of just devoured the, the tarot content that was out there. And I felt like I was, I was constantly looking for something more that I could never find. And Mm -hmm. it just became one of those things where I was like, I'll just make it then. (laughs) I love it. I love that. (laughs) I'll do it myself. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be listeners out there that feel like that too. Like, oh, maybe I should start a podcast about something that I'm passionate about. So I'm like, you listeners are listening and you want to start something up about what you're so passionate about. I say fucking do it and then let us know so we could listen in on what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you've already heard my story. I waited years to start something. I can only imagine what I like. Who knows what I would have been doing if I started right away. But I kind of wish that I had like I, you know, I wasted a lot of time. Just do it. The the thing that just blows my mind, and I I think about this all the time, because this goes right back to the beginning of this whole episode where you were talking about, like you know, that that thread that just seems to kind of go through everything and leading you to where you are. And I remember like, Oh God, we're talking like 2012, 2013-ish. I actually had a reading done, a tarot reading, and the person told me, You're gonna have you're gonna be you're gonna have a podcast. You're gonna be on a Holy podcast. Shit. Have nothing to do with tarot. And I was sure. like, Yeah, right. Because I up until this, well, you know, even for the first season, I was like, I need to be quiet. I did not like people listening to me, looking at me. I was right. like, always hiding, and now I'm like, it. but yeah. it was just like up until the day when you're like, hey, you want to start a podcast? And something yeah. in my gut was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And so the fact that it was the same kind of thing, it's like I didn't have a lot of time to think about it and overthink it and then back out. I think that's the only reason that we got as far as we did. And I don't know, it just blows me away. It's one of those those threads. Yes. It's one of those little reflective moments. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's so Love cool it. that that was a part of a tarot reading that long I ago. I know. I know. I mean, this is to- like mostly off topic, but we get that question, I think, quite a bit. Like what happens if, you know, you do the reading and it doesn't resonate at that moment or you feel like you got it wrong? It's like, well, wait eight years and see what happens. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. At some point in your life, it will make sense. So don't disregard it. Try yeah. to remember it. Yeah. All right. Well, like, I just want to know, like, what ways do you feel like you've grown during the Tarot Covencast journey or like what's been your favorite part of this journey? So I think I talked about this a little bit in the season two premiere, just this idea that collaboration and group work was not my strong suit by any means. It was very much a, I don't know, just, I'll just do it on my own. And maybe it's because I'm an only <laughs> child. So I'm just so used to doing everything by myself, but I've definitely grown, I hope as a team member, <laughs> like I've definitely been stretched outside of my comfort zone, but I think for the better, like, I mean, I love collaborating now. It's just, I mean, I still love my own personal work, but 
I absolutely yeah. love getting together with whether it's you guys or Mel's or whatever, just to bring something to life together. And that's sure. that's definitely been a highlight for me to see what we can create when we all come together. It's so cool. And like I, I've grown in other ways, but I I sort of want to talk about what's been my favorite part. And I know it's going to sound like a little bit like a stock answer or like I'm just like saying this to pump up the <laughs> listeners or something. But honestly, getting feedback from people and knowing that the show has made a difference for people or that it's just cheered them up one day or they got one bit of insight from one episode, that means everything to me. It's so incredible just to know that one person has listened and like I said, just, oh, that one joke made them laugh or whatever it was because having listened to podcasts for so long and creating that sort of intimate relationship with a lot of hosts that I listen to, I know how genuine that can feel and how important it is to some people. And so to have that flipped around on me is incredible and I'm so grateful for it. Like there's I don't know. Maybe it's not that rare. Like maybe this is on most people's minds, but I don't I don't really know what's going to happen when I die. Like I don't know if I'm going to live on. I have no fucking clue. But like whatever I do now will probably be around in some sort of way. So like my podcasts feel like my legacy in a sense, and to know that mm-hmm. it's helping in some small way is so cool. I just you chills when you said that's my legacy. It gave me chills. I mean, it's our legacy. I shouldn't say that it's mine, but I just, I just mean in in terms of what I'm putting it's, out there. It's yours equally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. I get what you're saying. I mean, I was, I was talking with one of our beautiful listeners and obviously I'm not going to give any personal information away, but this person was actually going through like a major, major life change. And they were like taking this huge leap of faith. Right. And, and, and it involved them traveling a very long distance in a car on their own. And they let me know that they were actually, they listened to a bunch of our episodes. That's all they listened to for the whole trip. And all I could, I'm getting teared up <laughs> again. I, I was just going to say, I'm going to cry. It's huge. <laughs> all I could think of it's like they're going through this huge transformational time and of all the people and mm-hmm. all the songs mm-hmm. and everything that they could have brought with them, they trusted us. Like, like yeah. you know, I just, yeah. it's not like there's, saying. it's not like there's two podcasts out there. There's like, that millions? I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. it's just to just know that we have that connection. I just, I, there's no word. And I think I right. yeah. just have to leave it. At that. There's no it's, way I can explain it's how so deeply uh, gra- gratifying, I guess. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But, but not like that's the thing. And I, I always, I struggle because I don't want it to sound egotistical. It's not that I'm Mm-mm. looking for validation or it's, it's just it's such a. It's humbling. Hugely. And it's just, right. it's sacred. Right. Cause it's yeah. just yeah. sacred. Yeah. Cause we went into this not asking for that, you know, just, yeah. just no. sharing something that we love. And then just knowing that that happened. And then also for me, like I was blessed to even make a real true friend out of a listener, you know? So it's like that I'm going to yeah. be seeing real soon yeah. who, you know, like, I see as like my long lost soul family. Like I, it's just like yeah. weird and not weird, but like, I can't, I, I don't know how to explain my gratitude. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah. Cause I found this person at a time where I really needed that person. And it, oh, I'm sorry, my cancer moon is. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we both needed each other at that same time. And yeah. it was just perfect. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it aligned perfectly. And then to find and out, like, yeah. 
Sorry. Go and ahead. like that for me, no, don't be sorry. Just the idea that like I suggested that we do this podcast and you made that connection because of it. And Jack and Ubia, you've come so far out of your shell because of it. That would yeah. be enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I was just about to say, and all of this happened. Every bit of it is just because Jasmine one day sent us a text message and said, hey, want to do podcasts? <laughs> want to be on my show? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Jasmine is like the catalyst. And that's and one of those moments you. that where you can like right now, this is that magic that I was talking about, looking back and yeah. seeing how this one decision led to this, which has yeah. oof, changed your life. I love it. Well, and I mean, let's not overlook the fact that in doing this show, I've gained sisters. Yes. 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 And the community that's, that that's we've enough. been able to build. I yeah. mean, and that's not that's not just us. That's other people coming in and, you know, yeah. um, uh, giving feedback, commenting on posts, letting us know how yeah. they feel. Like, that's that's you guys building it, too. I'm looking at my microphone yeah. as I say you guys as if I'm talking yeah. to our listeners. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that's like a yeah. – that's a two-way street. Or, you that's, know, even the people that listen and maybe don't follow us on Instagram and don't, you know, message or yeah. don't – Oh, yeah. The fact that you're still sharing that space, we feel it. And right. It's so we see the downloads and we see where the downloads are coming from. And it's, again, hugely humbling yeah. every single day that I look at the numbers. Yeah, right. I remember the first time Jasmine sent us a message and said, hey, did you know that we had X amount of, of listens? And up until that point, I had convinced myself that nobody was listening <laughs> to the show. And that's when we kept doing it. <laughs> and so I remember there was that split second where I was like, well, I got to stop now. I can't. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. So what is your vision for the Tarot Coven cast moving forward? Uh, as we've seen with the way that my podcasts start, I don't necessarily tend to plan super far into the future. <laughs> Uh, and it's really become such a collaborative effort that I, you know, I couldn't really do this without checking in with you gals anyway. I mean, I feel like we've already decided that season three will have more of a, a major arcana focus, which I think is a great yeah. um, shift for the show. We haven't really explored those cards super deep yet, so that'll be fun. And, you know, we've discussed revisiting certain topics through different lenses. I'd love to have more guests. I mean, I... I don't know if I'm calling us out, but I, I do think we could have done better for in terms of guests uh, of color. I'm very proud to say that each of our guests this season was a member of the LGBTQ community, which makes me feel very happy because I'm also a member of that community. And so it was really nice to be able to give a platform to those people. But, you know, I think we can do better with some guests of color next season, specifically women of color. We can give some more people a voice. So I hope to do that in season three. I'm sure. Yeah, I figured you guys would yeah. agree with that. I'm on board. I'm on and board. Then, I mean, I would love like let's let's have a little team meeting here while we're while we're recording. But I let's mean, do it. I would love Real to time. have more kind of casual conversations where we're pulling cards and we're talking yes. about listener questions and we're you know because. Yeah. I think that eventually we're going to move past tarot a little bit in a way where Jekinovia might want to talk more about homesteading or other sort of aspects of your life. Elena, maybe you're going to want to talk about Reiki or other things mm -hmm. that you're into at the time. I know I'm going to want to talk more about astrology, you know? Right. Yeah. And so right. having more ca casual conversations while still rooting it in some sort of tarot activity, I think could be yeah. really fun and more right. just like a 
a fireside chat or something, you know, but, and I'd love to get listener questions in. I would really love to hear more from listeners, help them out in whatever way, or, you know, uh, like send in random questions too. What's your favorite movie? Like, I don't care. I just want to have more conversations with them for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Even goofy questions would be fun. Like, yes, exactly. I, I would love to answer anything, honestly. Um, and then, like, kind of my big pie-in-the-sky dream for us, which maybe is not so pie-in-the-sky, but I would love for us to do a live show one day at some sort of tarot conference. I think that would be really, really cool. Oh. Um, you know, when those are yeah. a thing again. I will yeah. be shitting yeah. my pants prior and the entire time, but I yeah. think it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It's nothing a little whiskey can't solve. Nothing That's true. A little bit That's of true. an edible. You know your girl will yes. have an edible. Yes. <laughs> Fair. See? See? We'll come prepared. <laughs> Be prepared. Crystals in our bra, they're just like overflowing, falling out all over the stage. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened where I've had a crystal fall out of my bra at work. And I'm like, what the heck? Is and it just because there was too many in there or like it was just lodged. not pulled down and it gotcha? It got yeah. it moved around somehow and then yeah. it went under the bra and then I was like, oh, but Yeah. But it's, it will happen. It's all good. It's all good. It'll happen. But yeah, I think that could be really fun for us. And I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't even know when in-person conferences will ever happen again. I'm sure they will, but they when, will. I don't know. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Those are my, those are I'm my in. dreams. You guys, and then we can you go guys to like karaoke them? afterwards. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Ooh, we'll have to bring, if our patrons can join us, we'll do a patron-only <gasps> karaoke. <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> that would be. I don't good. know why I'm limiting it. We can just do a like an everybody karaoke. Like everybody, yeah, but that's okay. We'll do we'll do the after dark version of karaoke with just our patrons. Yes, the unedited, yeah, not radio yeah. friendly versions. Yeah, of whatever. Yes. Oh, I'm in. Me too. Yay! Well, I mean, this was a blast, an absolute blast. I mean, of course. We know Jasmine, but it's so nice to get you to know you like on deeper levels and to share you more with our listeners because I feel like we hog a lot of you, <laughs> you know, like, because I, we always have access to you. So I'm really happy that we were able to do this and let our listeners kind of have a little bit of Jasmine too. Not too much. Mm. She's, she's still art. Well, I mean, you guys came up with <laughs> we'll such share. great questions. It, like that was it was a lot of fun for me because I had to dig deep on a lot of them and really explore some stuff. So yeah, thank you yeah. for, thank you for challenging me in that way. Of course. And, and obviously, I mean, season three, Elena, we have to do your getting yeah. to know you episode. So yes, I'm excited. Well, I must thank you very much for joining me and us lovely listeners. <laughs> not just me. I'm not the only one here. <laughs> yes. Thank See? you. Thank you yeah. for this. And, uh, yes. Thank you for listening to me this amount of time (laughs) (laughs) bye listeners bye see you next time bye thank you so much for listening to this episode of the tarot coven cast stay tuned for our next episode which is the season two finale and until then everyone keep making magic